0: Welcome to Casting Hope, a sermon podcast of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Joe Hack, lead pastor at Hope, and we are so glad you're listening in wherever you are. In this moment of social distancing, we hope that our audio and streaming resources meet you where you are at and help you stay connected to God and to His promises. Well, if you have a Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn with me. To Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Now, we would normally be turning to 1 Corinthians, but things are anything but normal right now. Um, So we're going to be taking a break from our normal series to remind ourselves of the basics. I found in my life. That when things are out of control, and when I'm having a hard time, I don't need new information. What I need is I need reminded of the basics, the things that I already know. And so this morning, I need the reminder that God does not change. God does not change. In a world that is rapidly changing, God is not. And I believe this basic truth is how we can have true calm. Right now. This morning I just want to give take you to two separate passages in the book of Revelation that has for me ushered me into a place of calm. But first, let's pray. Lord, would the words of my mouth and with the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer? Holy Spirit, we need you to open our eyes to this text. Would you help us to see Jesus? Would you help us to worship Jesus? Would you help us to understand and most importantly Lord, would you give us your peace so that we could worship God and serve others? And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Well, when I was a kid, I loved snow days. My parents say this is because I was born in a blizzard, but I think it's just because snow days were small disruptions and I love small Disruptions, as long as they're small and that things get back to normal soon, then I'm all about it, just like a snow day. At first, I viewed the coronavirus, I'm sure, like many of you, basically like a snow day, a small disruption that's kind of fun. It kind of changes things up a little bit, but that was 10 days ago. And in coronavirus time, 10 days is an eternity. Disruptions keep coming and disruptions keep growing. In my life, and it's getting harder and harder to cope. Can I get an Amen? Well, the other day I was scrolling uh, down my newsfeed and I saw an article. And the article was titled, Coronavirus Will Change the World Permanently. And I have to admit, the title alone made me short of breath. In it, 34 different experts explain 34 permanent changes that they expect as a result of this global pandemic, permanent changes. Those two words alone send me into a tailspin. Every day I tune in to the Governor DeWine and Dr. Acton press conference, like I'm sure many of you are, and I think they're doing an amazing job communicating and leading, but it is not for the faint of heart, is it? It seems like each press conference brings sweeping changes to the world as I know it. In my email inbox, I'm sure this is like yours, every morning my inbox is flooded with new changes. Here's how Chase Bank is changing. Here's how Giant Eagle is changing. Here's how the climbing gym is changing. Here's how Grandview Schools are changing. My inbox is full of closures. It's full of cancellations. It's full of all kinds of unremitting changes. And so, yes, I love snow days, but I'm beginning to realize that this isn't a snow day. I think my kids feel the same way. I remember the excitement that they had when I told them that school was getting canceled. It's the excitement that every kid has when they hear that school is getting canceled. But that excitement is wearing thin and wearing off. We've all had tears this week. We too are noticing that this is more than a snow day. I don't know if we've ever experienced this much change in so little time. Think about it. Gideon Lickfield in the MIT Review, he says that we are changing how we work, how we exercise, how we socialize, how we shop, how we manage our health, how we educate our kids, how we take care of our family members, and all of that has been in one calendar week. And he goes on, quote, We all want things to go back to normal quickly, but what most of us have probably not yet realized, yet soon will, is that things won't go back to normal after a few weeks, or even a few months. Some things never will. Now it's hard enough for me to make peace with one big change, but we are being asked right now to make peace with a lot of changes so the question that I have is how can we find calm, real calm, in the midst of all this change? Well, this question I'm asking is not a new question. God's people have been asking this question for thousands of years. It's interesting. My mother-in-law, she noticed that she was able to cope with all of the changes that are going on to the extent that she stayed anchored in the Bible. And I think I understand why, because the Bible was originally given to people who were experiencing deep uncertainty and deep change. And so when we read it, we're not only getting the promises of God, which is important, but I think we're also feeling closer to the original audience of the Bible. We realize when reading the scriptures that we are not alone and that nothing really is new. And that's deeply comforting. In fact, I think that's why I've been drawn to the book of Revelation this past week. Now, I'm not drawn to the book of Revelation uh, for the reason that many of you might suspect. I don't think the world is ending. I'm not drawing lines of connection between current events and what Scripture is saying. But I'm drawn to Revelation because the background of Revelation feels so familiar. Revelation was written by an exiled pastor, John the Apostle who had to encourage the church that he pastored from a distance. He was exiled on the island of Patmos. This church that he was pastoring and that he loved was scattered. It was scared. It was trying to cope with massive changes and massive struggles and massive temptations, things that were out of their control. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar to me. I resonate with John the pastor. He was thrown into an unchosen isolation. Which is how I and many other pastors across the nation feel right now. I did not enter into seminary. I did not answer the call of God as a pastor to talk into an iPhone to you right now. That's not what I felt God was calling me to do. But here we are, an unchosen isolation. And I think you would resonate with John's church. In chapter 1, verse 9, if you have your Bible open, John says, I, John, am your brother and your partner in three things. In suffering, in God's kingdom, and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. Like them, you, I know you are, are patiently enduring unchosen changes in your life. And like them, what you need is encouragement. And did you know that is exactly what Revelation is for? It's for encouragement. It's not a weird religious puzzle that we're supposed to crack and figure out. No, it's actually meant to bring blessing. It's meant to bring encouragement. In fact, the first few verses of Revelation says, Blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. And to take it to heart, it promises blessing. And the main way it blesses his people is with its imagery. Its imagery. Revelation is hyper visual. Because God knows that imagery can take familiar truths. And drive them deeper into the heart. Just like how worship music can take familiar truths. And drive them deeper into the heart. Or sacred art can take familiar truths. And drive them deeper into the heart. Revelation takes familiar truths. And drives them into the heart with unforgettable imagery. Did you know that the book of Revelation offers no new theological truth that we cannot get anywhere else in our Bible? That is because God knows that sometimes we need to see His truth. Truth we already know. Especially when we're stressed out. By change. So, this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to take you to two pictures in Revelation that has been crucial to my sense of calm this past week. These images describe the calm of God. So, no matter what changes in my world and in your world, when I'm anchored, To this calm of God. I stay calm. So the very first thing I want you to look at. Is found in the first chapter. And it's verse 8. And it's probably very familiar. But let's dwell on it for a second. Verse 8 says. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Says the Lord God. Who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. Now I could tell you, and John could tell you, and God could tell you with logical precision that he is in control of all things and that he never changes. Or he could give you a poetic image that you will never forget. Here God gives you poetry. He says that he is the Alpha and the Omega. John's language was Greek. And the Greek alphabet begins with alpha and it ends with omega. And so John is reminding us that God is the beginning and the end and he's everything in between. He, he is the past, he is the future, he is the present. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And John poetically opens and closes his letter With this image. In chapter 22 verse 13. We see it again used. But this time. Referring to Jesus. I am the Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. John is telling us. No he's showing us. That God is the same today. As he always has been. And always will be. God does not change. I'm calling this the calm of God. This is the calm of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Our family has been going on a lot of regular walks lately, and I wanted to help my kids process the big changes that are going on in their world. No school, no soccer, no church gatherings, no visiting grandparents, no more this, no more that. And so I had them focus on the things in their life that are not changing. I asked my oldest, what is changing right now? And we went through the long list of all the things that are changing right now. And then I said, okay, now what is not changing right now? And one of the first things we said together was the migration of the birds. See, we like to bird watch, and we were comforted in the fact that we could still go bird watching in a few weeks. That isn't changing. And it was immediately calming. And actually, I recommend that to you. I recommend that you, especially with your kids, think about the things that are not changing. However, it occurred to me after the walk that that even has its limits, because those things too can change. The only thing that cannot change in this world is God. It's God. God alone is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one who is, the one who was, the one who is to come. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is absolutely unchanging. This is the calm of God. And nothing can change it. The second image that I've drawn on this week is found in chapter 4 of Revelation, verse 6. But let's start in verse 1 of chapter 4. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. there was, as it were, a sea of glass-like crystal. John looks at the chaos and the confusion in his own world and in the world of his churches. He's exiled on an island. He's confused. He's stressed. And Jesus invites him, in this verse, he invites him to see into heaven, into a behind-the-scenes look at what true reality is. Right now. And what does John see? John sees God on his throne. He's not stressed. He's not surprised. He's not struggling to cope. And at the foot of his throne is a sea of glass. And I want to focus on the sea of glass. Because in the Bible, the sea was always symbolic of chaos. It was where Israelites thought monsters dwelled. Remember the disciples when they encountered Jesus walking on water? They thought he was a ghost. Why did they think he was a ghost? Because the sea was a scary place for them. It was an untamable thing for them. But John shows us that at the foot of the throne, the scary sea, the untamable sea, The ever changing sea, the threatening sea, is as calm as glass. We go to northern Michigan each summer as a family, and we have in our family a family cottage, and it's situated on this beautiful small lake. And that lake gets very choppy during the day because of the wind and because of the boats. But in the very early morning, when the sun just rises, it is absolutely calm. In fact, it looks like glass. That is God right now. Right now. Calm. As a sea of glass. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is unchanging. He is Almighty. He is on His throne. Now... Just like he always has been and just like he always will be. This is the calm of God. Theologians call this the immutability of God. God is immutable or he cannot change. Kathy Keller has written about this and she has said that this is her favorite attribute of God. She wrote this two years ago and at the time I didn't agree with her. I didn't see it until now. Now I see it. At our staff meeting with Sam and Nicole over Google Meet, we just read these passages out loud. Malachi 3.6 For I the Lord do not change. James 1.17 Every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. Or shadow. Due to change. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Today. And forever. And yes we also opened up. Revelation 1.7. And Revelation 4.6. Friends. God is unchanging. This is the calm of God. I love how Kathy Keller puts it. She says. Change will come. Whether we like it or not. Whether we plan for it or not. And so we need to anchor our security and happiness firmly in God's unchangeability. We need to anchor our security and our happiness in God's unchangeability. Where are you searching for calm right now? You are not going to find it in the news. Even the best of news. You're not going to find it in self-care as helpful and necessary as those practices are. You're not going to find it in wishful thinking. You're not going to find it in entertainment. You're not even going to find it with a return to normalcy. The only place you will find the deepest calm is in the calm of God. The only place that you will find the truest calm is in the calm of God. So every time you lose your breath, every time you lose your mind, every time you lose your hope because of change, I want you to call not just to mind, but call to heart as Revelation would have us on these two pictures. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And the calm sea is at the foot of his throne. The chaos of change is still before him. You can ground yourself there. I invite you to ground yourself there right now. I invite you to call to mind the anxieties you have. I invite you to call to mind the concerns you have. I invite you to call to mind all of the changes that are going on in your life. Make an inventory right now. Think of them. Your work changes. Your family changes. Your school changes. Everything. Make an inventory of them. Now take them to the throne of God where the sea is calm. Release them before God, who is Alpha and Omega. And now anchor yourself to the calm of God. Jesus wants this for you. In fact, he made it possible for you to do that. We can go boldly, it says in scripture, to the throne of God. Why? Why? Because Jesus made everything possible, did everything necessary for us to approach the throne of God, the holy throne of God, with boldness. We can go to him. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he defeated the chaos of Satan and sin so that we can now approach the throne with boldness remember, Jesus gave this vision to John. Why? So that you could receive it. So that you could receive it. Jesus himself wants you to know, right now and today, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is unchanging and he can be trusted. And so let's just pray. Lord, we anchor our calm in the calm of the God. We stop looking for calm in other places. And we return to you. Lord, maybe some of us praying right now have never gone to you for calm. And we've never thought that Jesus is the pathway to that calm. So right now we turn away from our self-saving schemes and we trust in Jesus. And we will allow Jesus to usher us in to the throne room of God where there is calm. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about our church and for more resources like this, visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.